Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. And I can't remember if I pressed the record button. Uh-huh. I might not have, and I might have to start over. <laughs> no, it's, it's on, yeah. Laura. I did. Okay, all right. Thank you. How ridiculous. Anyway, we read from A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. I'm also a link at top for online edition where you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on the website jcim.net, you'll see a tab where you can subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lessons of the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we're continuing our reading of Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, with Section 3, The Uses of Projection. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 66. My happiness and my function are one. My happiness and my function are one. And by way of opening this morning, I just couldn't help myself. I had to go to this poem from Rilke. It goes like this. Whoops, let's see. Do we have an unmuted line? There we go. The poem goes like this. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this is arrogant, God forgive me, but this is what I need to say. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back, the way it is with children. Then in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you as no one ever has, streaming through widening channels into the open sea. I want to free what waits within me. And my happiness and my function are one. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. That was good. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Fran. So good to hear your voice today. All right, my friends, today we're reading. (laughs) Thank you. Today we're continuing our reading, Chapter 6, with Section 3, The Uses of Projection. And our reading list goes like this. Charles, Fran, Lemoyne, and Jessica. And we're joined in listening this morning by Ida and Harrison and Judy. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning. It's Robin Marie, and I can read. Thank you. Oh, very excellent. Thank you, Robin Marie. Okay. So, in Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, Section 3, The Uses of Projection. And we begin today with paragraph 25. Any split in will must involve a rejection of part of it 
And this is the belief in separation. The wholeness of God, which is his peace, cannot be appreciated except by a whole mind, which recognizes the wholeness of God's creation, and by this recognition knows its creator. Exclusion and separation are synonymous as are separation and dissociation. We've said before that the separation was and is dissociation, and also that once it had occurred, projection became its main defense, or the device that keeps it going. The reason, however, may not be as clear as you think. Uh, Charles. Thank you, Laurie. Text number six, paragraph three, or section three, 25. Any split in will must involve a rejection of part of it. And this is the belief in separation. The wholeness of God, which is his peace, cannot be appreciated except by a whole mind which recognizes the wholeness of God's creation and by this recognition knows its creator. Exclusion and separation are synonymous as are separation and dissociation. We have said before that the separation was and is, is dissociation and also that once it has occurred, Rejection became its main defense, or the device that keeps it going. The reason, however, may not be as clear as you think. 26. In the ego's use of projection, to which we are obviously referring, what you project, you disown, and therefore do not believe is yours. You are excluding yourself by the very statement you are making that you are different from the one on whom you project. And since you have also judged against what you project, you continue to attack it because you have already attacked it by projecting it. By doing this unconsciously, you try to keep the fact that you must have attacked yourself first out of awareness, and thus imagine that you have made yourself safe. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Fran. 26. In the ego's use of projection, to which we are obviously referring, what you project, you disown, and therefore do not believe it is yours. You are excluding yourself by the very statement you are making that you are different from the one on whom you project. Since you have also judged against what you project, you continue to attack it because you have already attacked it by projecting it. By doing this unconsciously, you try to keep the fact that you must have attacked yourself first out of awareness and must imagine that you have made yourself safe. 27. Projection will always hurt you. It reinforces your belief in your own split mind, and its only purpose is to keep the separation going. It is solely a device of the ego 
to make you feel different from your brothers and separated from them. The ego justifies this on the Holy Spirit's grounds that it makes you seem quote-unquote better than they are, thus obscuring your equality with them still further. Projection and attack are inevitably related because projection is always a means of justifying attack. Anger without projection is impossible. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne. Projection will always hurt you. It reinforces your belief in your own split mind and its only purpose is to keep the separation going. It is solely a device of the ego to make you feel different from your brothers and separated from them. The ego justifies this on the holy, spurious grounds that it makes you seem better than they are, thus obscuring your equality with them still further. Projection and attack are inevitably related because projection is always a means of justifying attack. Anger without projection is impossible. The ego uses projection only to distort your perception, both of yourself and your brothers. The process begins by excluding something you think exists in which you do not want... Oh, excuse me. The process begins by excluding something you think exists in you which you do not want and leads directly to excluding you from your brothers. <clears throat> we have learned, however, that there is another use of projection. Every ability of the ego has a better counterpart because its abilities are directed by the mind which has a better voice. The Holy Spirit as well as the ego utilizes projection, but since their goals are opposed, so is the result. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Jessica. Thanks, Lori. 28. The ego uses projection only to distort your perception, both of yourself and of your brothers. The process begins by excluding something you think exists in you, which you do not want, and leads directly to excluding you from your brothers. We have learned, however, that there is another use of projection. Every ability of the ego has a better counterpart because its abilities are directed by the mind which has a better voice. The Holy Spirit, as well as the ego, utilizes projection. But since their goals are opposed, so is the result. 29. The Holy Spirit begins by perceiving you as perfect. Knowing this perfection is shared, he recognizes it in others, thus strengthening it in both. Instead of anger, this arouses love for both, because it establishes inclusion. 
Perceiving equality, the Holy Spirit perceives equal needs. This invites atonement automatically because atonement is the one need which in this world is universal. To perceive yourself this way is the only way in which you can find happiness in the world. That is because it is the acknowledgement that you are not in this world, for the world is unhappy. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Bree. Twenty-nine. The Holy Spirit begins by perceiving you as perfect. Knowing this perfection is shared, he recognizes it in others, thus strengthening it in both. Instead of anger, this arouses love for both because it establishes inclusion. Perceiving equality, the Holy Spirit perceives equal needs. This invites atonement automatically because atonement is the one need which in this world is universal. To perceive yourself this way is the only way in which you can find happiness in the world. (coughs) That is because it is the acknowledgement that you are not in this world, for the world is unhappy. 30. How can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing that you are not there. You cannot be anywhere that God did not put you, and God created you as part of him. That is both where you are and what you are. It is completely unalterable. It is total inclusion. You cannot change it now or ever. It is forever true. It is not a belief but a fact. Anything that God creates is as true as he is. Its truth lies only in its perfect inclusion in him, who alone is perfect. To deny this in any way is to deny yourself and him, since it is impossible to accept one without the other. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there a new reader then for 30 and 31? Good morning, it's Karen. I can read. Thanks, Karen. 30. How else can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing that you are not there? You cannot be anywhere that God did not put you. And God created you as part of him. That is both where you are and what you are. It is completely unalterable. It is total inclusion and cannot change. Excuse me, you cannot change it now or ever. It is forever true. It is not a belief, but a fact. Anything that God created, creates, is as true as he is. Its truth lies only in its perfect inclusion in him who alone is perfect. To deny this in any way is to deny yourself and him 
since it is impossible to accept one without the other. 31. The perfect quality of the Holy Spirit's perception is the counterpart of the perfect equality of God's knowing. The ego's perception has no counterpart in God, but the Holy Spirit remains the bridge between perception and knowledge. By enabling you to use perception in a way that parallels knowledge, you will ultimately meet it and know it. The ego would prefer to believe that this meeting is impossible, yet it is your perception which the Holy Spirit guides. You might remember that the human eye perceives parallel lines as if they meet in the distance, which is the same as in the future if time and space are one dimension. Your perception will end where it began. Everything meets in God because everything was created by him and in him. Thank you, Karen. And is there another new reader for 31 and 32? Oh, this is such great stuff. I can do it, Lori. <laughs> Thank 31 you. And 31 and 32. The perfect equality of the Holy Spirit's perception is the counterpart of the perfect equality of God's knowing. The ego's perception has no counterpart in God, but the Holy Spirit remains the bridge between perception and knowledge. By enabling you to use perception in a way that parallels knowledge, you will ultimately meet it and know it. The ego would prefer to believe that this meeting is impossible, yet it is your perception, which the Holy Spirit guides. You might remember that the human eye, this is, I love this part, <laughs> you might remember that the human eye perceives parallel lines as if they meet in the distance, which is the same as in the future, if time and space are one dimension. Your perception will end where it began. Everything meets in God because everything was created by him and in him. Everything meets in God because everything was created by him and in him. God created his sons by extending his thought and retaining the extensions of his thought in his mind. All his thoughts are thus perfectly united within themselves and with each other, because they were created neither partially nor in part. The Holy Spirit enables you to perceive this wholeness now. You can no more pray for yourself alone than you can find joy for yourself alone. Prayer is the restatement of inclusion directed by the Holy Spirit under the laws of God. God created you to create. You cannot extend his kingdom until you know of its 
wholeness. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And is there another narrator for 32 and 33? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. 32. God created his sons by extending his thought and retaining the extensions of his thought in his mind. All his thoughts are thus perfectly united within themselves and with each other because they were created neither partially nor in part. The Holy Spirit enables you to perceive this wholeness now. You can no more pray for yourselves alone than you can find joy for yourself alone. Prayer is the restatement of inclusion directed by the Holy Spirit under the laws of God. God created you to create. You cannot extend his kingdom until you know of its wholeness. 33. Thoughts begin in the mind of the thinker from which they extend outward. This is as true of God's thinking as it is of yours. Because your minds are split, you can also perceive as well as think. Yet, perception cannot escape from the basic laws of mind. You perceive from your mind and extend your perceptions outward. Although perception of any kind is unnecessary, You made it, and the Holy Spirit can therefore use it well. He can inspire perception and lead it toward God by making it parallel to God's way of thinking and thus guarantee their ultimate meeting. This convergence seems to be far in the future only because your mind is not in perfect alignment with the idea and therefore does not want it now. Thank you, Sandra. Let's see, would there be another new reader for 33 and 34? Thirty-three and thirty-four is back to you, Charles. Thank you, Laurie. 33. Thoughts begin in the mind of the thinker from which they extend outward. This is as true of God's thinking as it is of yours. Because your minds are split, you can only per- you can also perceive as well as think. Yet perception cannot escape from the basic laws of mind. You perceive from your mind and extend your perceptions outward. Although perception of any kind is unnecessary, you made it, and the Holy Spirit can therefore use it well. He can inspire perception and lead it toward God by making parallel to God's way of thinking and thus guarantee their ultimate meeting This convergence seems to be far in the future, 
only because your mind is not perfect in perfect alignment with the idea and therefore does not want it now. 34. The Holy Spirit uses time but does not believe in it. Coming from God, he uses everything for good but he does not believe in what is not true. Since the Holy Spirit is in your minds, your minds must also be able to believe only what is true. The Holy Spirit can speak only for this because he speaks for God. He tells you to return your whole mind to God because it has never left him. It has never left him. You need only perceive it as it is to be returned. If it has never left him, you need only perceive it as it is to be returned. The full awareness of the atonement, then, is the recognition that the separation never occurred. The ego cannot prevail against this because it is an explicit statement that the ego never occurred. Thank you. Thank you, Charles and Fran. 34. The Holy Spirit uses time but does not believe in it. Coming from God, he uses everything for good but he does not believe in what is not true. Since the Holy Spirit is in your minds, your minds must also be able to believe only what is true. The Holy Spirit can speak only for this because he speaks for God. He tells you to return your whole mind to God because it has never left him. If it has never left him, you need only perceive it as it is to be returned. The full awareness of the atonement, then, is the recognition that the separation never occurred. The ego cannot prevail against this because it is an explicit statement that the ego never occurred. 35. The ego can accept the idea that return is necessary because it can so easily make the idea seem difficult. Yet the Holy Spirit tells you that even return is unnecessary because what never happened cannot involve any problem. It does not follow, however, that you cannot make the idea of return both necessary and difficult. It is surely clear, however, that the perfect need nothing and cannot experience perfection as a difficult accomplishment because that is what they are. Now, boy. Thank you, Fran and Lemoyne. The ego can accept the idea that return is necessary because it can so easily make the idea seem so difficult. Yet the Holy Spirit tells you that even return is unnecessary because what never happened cannot involve any problem. It does not 
follow, however, that you cannot make the idea of return both necessary and difficult. It is surely clear, however, that the perfect need nothing and cannot experience perfection as a difficult accomplishment because that is what they are. This is the way in which you must perceive God's creation, bringing all of your perceptions into the one parallel line which the Holy Spirit sees. This line is the direct line of communication with God and lets your mind converge with His. There is no conflict anywhere in this perception because it means that all perception is guided by the Holy Spirit whose mind is fixed on God. Only the Holy Spirit can resolve conflict because only the Holy Spirit is conflict-free. He perceives only what is true in your mind and extends outward only to what is true in other minds. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Jessica? Did we lose Jessica? Hello, sorry. Okay, we'll I'm come. here. Somebody came in okay. and distracted me. It's all their fault. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Um, is it 37? A 36 and 37. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the way in which you must perceive God's creation, bringing all of your perceptions into the one parallel line which the Holy Spirit sees. This line is the direct line of communication with God and lets your mind converge with his. There is no conflict anywhere in this perception because it means that all perception is guided by the Holy Spirit whose mind is fixed on God. Only the Holy Spirit can resolve conflict because only the Holy Spirit is conflict-free. He perceives only what is true in your mind and extends outward only to what is true in other minds. 37. The difference between the ego's use of projection and projection as the Holy Spirit uses it is very simple. The ego projects projects to exclude and therefore to deceive. The Holy Spirit projects by recognizing himself in every mind and thus perceives them as one. Nothing conflicts in this perception because what the Holy Spirit perceives is the same. Wherever he looks, he sees himself. And because he is united, he offers the whole kingdom always. This is the one message God gave to him and for which he must speak because that is what he is. The peace of God lies in that message 
And so the peace of God lies in you. Thank you, Jessica. And Rose Marie. Thirty-seven. The difference between the ego's use of projection and projection as the Holy Spirit uses it is very simple. The ego projects to exclude and therefore to deceive. The Holy Spirit projects by recognizing himself in every mind and thus perceives them as one. Nothing conflicts in this perception because what the Holy Spirit perceives is the same. Wherever he looks, he sees himself, and because he is united, he offers the whole kingdom always. This is the one message God gave to him, and for which he must speak, because that is what he is. The peace of God lies in that message, and so the peace of God lies in you. 38. The great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. The Holy Spirit was given you with perfect impartiality, and only by perceiving him impartially can you perceive him at all. The ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom but your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your own mind. This alignment with light is unlimited because it is in alignment with the light of the world. Each of us is the light of the world, and by joining our minds in this light, we proclaim the kingdom of God together and as one. Thank you, Robin Marie and Karen. 38. The great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. The Holy Spirit was given you with perfect impartiality, and only by perceiving him impartially can you perceive him at all. The ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom, but your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your own mind. This alignment with light is unlimited because it is in alignment with the light of the world. Each of us is the light of the world. And by joining our minds in this light, we proclaim the kingdom of God together and as one. Amen to that. And thank you. Thank you, everyone who read this morning. Um, This is one of my favorite sections in the book. Um, And I just, just wanted to touch some ideas that are really stand out, starting with that first paragraph, and he's split in will. Split in will must involve a rejection part of it, and this is the belief in separation. The wholeness of God, which is his peace, 
cannot be appreciated except by a whole mind which recognizes the wholeness of God's creation and by this recognition knows its creator we said before that separation was and is dissociation and also that once it had occurred projection became its main defense or the device that keeps it going from 26 the ego projects to when you project with the ego you project to disown and therefore you do not believe it is yours you are excluding yourself by the very statement you are making that you are different from the one on whom you project you have also judged against what you project and you continue to attack it because you've already attacked it by projecting it by doing all of this unconsciously you try to keep the fact that you must have attacked yourself first out of your awareness and thus imagine that you made yourself safe in 27 projection will always hurt you it reinforces your belief in your own split mind and its only purpose is to keep the separation going it is solely a device of the ego to make you feel different from your brothers and separated from them projection and attack are inevitably related because projection always is always a means of justifying attack in 28 the ego uses projection only to distort your perception both of yourself and your brothers this process begins by excluding something you think exists in you which you do not want and leads directly to excluding you from your brothers good news the Holy Spirit as well as the ego utilizes projection but since their goals are opposed so is the result and in 29 the Holy Spirit begins by perceiving you as perfect knowing this perfection is shared he recognizes it in others thus strengthening in both instead of anger this arouses love for both because it establishes inclusion this invites atonement automatically because atonement is the one need which in this world is universal to perceive yourself in this way is the only way in which you can find happiness in the world that is because it is the acknowledgement that you are not in this world for the world is unhappy hmm. in 30 God created you as part of him that is both where you are and what you are it is completely unalterable it is total inclusion you cannot change it now or ever it is forever true it is not a belief but a fact in 31 the Holy Spirit remains the bridge between perception and knowledge by enabling you to use perception in a way that parallels knowledge you will ultimately meet it and know it it is your perception which the Holy Spirit guides and everything meets in God because everything was created by him and in him God created his sons by extending his thought and retaining the extension of his thought in his mind all his thoughts are thus 
perfectly united within themselves and with each other because they were created neither partially nor in part. The Holy Spirit enables you to perceive this wholeness now. Thoughts begin in the mind of the thinker from which they extend outward. This is as true of God's thinking as it is of yours. Because your minds are split, you can also perceive as well as think. You perceive from your mind and extend your perceptions outward. Good news, the Holy Spirit can inspire perception and lead it toward God by making it parallel to God's way of thinking and thus guarantee their ultimate meeting. This convergence seems to be far in the future only because your mind is not in perfect alignment with the idea and therefore does not want it now. In 34, since the Holy Spirit is in your minds, your minds must also be able to believe only what is true. The Holy Spirit can speak only for this because he speaks for God. He tells you to return your whole mind to God because it has never left him. If it has never left him, you need only perceive it as it is to be returned. The full awareness of the atonement then is the recognition that the separation never occurred. No boy. In 37, the ego can accept the idea that return is necessary because it can so easily make the idea seem so difficult. But it is surely clear, however, that the perfect needs nothing. It cannot experience perfection as a difficult accomplishment because it is what they are. This is the way in which you must perceive God's creations, bringing all of your perceptions into the one parallel line which the Holy Spirit sees. The Holy Spirit lets your mind converge with his there is no conflict anywhere in this perception because it means that all perception is guided by the Holy Spirit whose mind is fixed on God. He perceives only what is true in your mind and extends outward only to what is true in other minds. Contrast to 37, the ego projects to exclude, therefore to deceive. The Holy Spirit projects by recognizing himself in every mind and thus perceives them as one. Nothing conflicts. Nothing conflicts in this perception because what the Holy Spirit perceives is the same. Wherever he looks, he sees himself. And because he is united, he offers the whole kingdom. Always. Finally, the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. Only by perceiving the Holy Spirit impartially can you perceive him at all? No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom. But your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your own mind. This alignment with light is unlimited because it is in alignment with the light of the world. Each of us is the light of the world. And by joining our minds in this light, we proclaim the kingdom of God together and as one. I just couldn't quit. Amen. And I think I went past the top of the hour. Um, and we're so glad that Fran's here with us today uh, to lead our reflection on the lesson, a perfect reflection of the acceptance of all of this.
So thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 66. My happiness and my function are one. I'll also read some from this lesson. The ego does constant battle with the Holy Spirit on the fundamental question of what your function is. Today, we will try to go past this wholly meaningless battle and arrive at the truth about your function. Our longer practice period today has as its purpose your acceptance of the fact that not only is there a very real connection between the function God gave you and your happiness, but that they are actually identical. God gives you only happiness. Begin the 10 to 15 minute practice period by reviewing these thoughts. God gives me only happiness. He has given my function to me, therefore my function must be happiness. Try to see the logic in this sequence. Let us then think about the premises for a while as we are practicing. The first premise is that God gives you only happiness. The second premise is that God has given you your function. Thus, it must be that your function is established by God through his voice or is made by the ego, which you have made to replace him. Think about this during the longer practice period today. We need great honesty today. The ego is the only alternative to the Holy Spirit's voice. You will listen to madness or hear the truth. Try to make this choice as you think about the premises on which our conclusion rests. Let us try today to realize that only the truth is true. In the shorter practice periods, which would be most helpful today if undertaken twice an hour, this form of the application is suggested. My happiness and function are one because God has given me both. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 66. My happiness and my function are one. God gives me only happiness. He has given my function to me. Therefore, my function must be happiness. Lesson 66, my happiness and my function are one.
Amen. 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 Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you, dear one. Thanks, friend. Oh, thank you, guys. Good morning, this is Sandra, and my happiness and my function are one, is for me, it's just really connecting me with forgiveness and my happiness are one. And the one that I need to forgive the most is myself. Because I grew up in a, in a family where I was excluded. And so I learned exclusion. Um, I came up with, with uh, projections about myself that somehow, because I was excluded, that I was unworthy, that I, something was wrong with me, I wasn't good enough. And you know what? I am projecting that onto other people that they're not good enough, that they're unworthy. And it comes out through through my judgment, which all my judgments are exclusions. Somehow I'm excluding part of God's kingdom. I'm not coming from uh, being, I'm not coming from a place of inclusion, which is, you know, the Holy Spirit is like the, the, the master quantum physicist. The Holy Spirit knows that everything is connected. Everything is of God. God is in everything I see, which means I have to include everything and everybody. It's all about inclusion. And most of all, I have to forgive myself for excluding myself I'm the one who did it. I experienced it, and then I came to conclusions about it that weren't true about myself and about the world. And I can change that. I have the power of decision, which is my greatest power, that I can choose again. I can change my mind about how I see myself, and I can change my mind about how I see my brothers and sisters. And, the, and all of the world, and just start to include everything, knowing that God is in everything I see, and God uses everything. And therefore, I can't be betrayed, I can't be excluded, I can't be any of that stuff unless I do it to myself. <sighs> Are you bored, Jude? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I love your share. Keep keep going. <laughs> I didn't realize I said that. Okay. Oh, that was beautiful, was Sandra. She was just punctuating what you were saying. She just added that extra punctuation into it. 
It was a beautiful awesome. share. We love it. It's awesome. yeah. We love Thank it. Please, <laughs> please finish, Sandra. No, yes, I'm please. No, you're all part of my all right. completion. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Oh, I love it. Share. I love it. Yeah. Oh. This is Charles here. Oh, I love this section. And then when he says, when we look upon the world outside, we find an unhappy world. And I grew up in an unhappy world. And I learned from the unhappy world. I learned the specialness. I learned all the blame and shame. I was taught all this and I absorbed it in. Yet I knew inside me, deep within me, there's something not real or something not true. It's just something not right about what I see in this world. And then I realized inside there's a different, something different inside me that sees something different. And in my journey within, I come to realize that this one difference within me this one voice, this one gentleness, this one love that didn't reflect the outer world. And now I'm realizing through sharing this, through this course, through this love, that this same voice inside me who gave me hope, who gave me upliftment and inspiration, is something I share in everyone I meet, if I would but ask through forgiveness and humble myself and ask for the voice of truth in all those I would meet to give witness to the same voice that's inside me. To me, I'm seeing a new light in forgiveness, a, a new unity beyond my understanding of unity. There is but one voice for truth that lies in all. It lies in all, not only humans, but creatures and animals and everything. One voice for truth. If I could truly see and share in the beauty, would that voice reunite us again in one mind, one heart, one love? Oh, what a beautiful chapter this was. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for sharing this. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you for describing that journey, Charles. That journey in and out. Thank you, Charles. Love you all. Thank you, Sandra, um, for your share. It was such a perfect example of how we project um, our illusions. And thank you, Charles. That was really beautiful. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry my um, breathing interrupted your share, um, Sandra. I, I'm certainly not bored. Um, I may be boring, but I'm not bored. <laughs> I have um, really been sitting with um, 
denying the denial of truth. Um, only what is true is true, and nothing else but the truth is true. And that I am, I am, I am not a body. I am not an instrument of perception. The body is used as an instrument of separation and as a way of perceiving, thinking and perceiving as, and making things other than myself. It's one, um, one um, depth, part of the depth of the realization of the truth of who I am, that I am the light, that I am um, aware of the, of the instrument of perception, that it doesn't control me or define me. I am not an image of my own making. And um, I think I, I really I needed to come to understand, um, to, to, to relinquish my identification with the body, its thoughts, personal thoughts, its personal interpretations, its per, personal opinions about what it thought reality was according to its distortion through the limits of the body's perceptions, that my awareness of the totality, my awareness of the wholeness of my reality was something that the Holy Spirit was leading me to when I relinquished my own thoughts, my own senses, my own feelings, my body as a concept of myself. Let yourself go. Let God be God in you, Jude. So let Jude go. Jude doesn't come in between me and God anymore. So all I have left is God and God's pro projection of his love and his peace and his happiness, seeing itself as itself. And um, thank you, friend, for your reading of the lesson. I'm too, uh, too very glad that you're back um, with us. And the one paragraph that you read, um, paragraph four in the lesson, the, that says our purpose is our acceptance of the fact that not only is there a very real connection between the function God gave me and my happiness. So God's function for me in being in this world, being in this world, having a body and, 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 and perception is what I used to think was the only tool for knowing myself and knowing the world, um, discovering through the course that Perception is only a part and, and very partial, very interpretative and, and um, limited, limited um, that uh, my function to look through the eyes of vision, which I'm, I am aware of the Christ consciousness in me, the open-mindedness and the open-hearted that lets go through forgiveness, which is merely letting go of what I think I know, of naming things, places and people and situations and circumstances as being different 
in any sort of way. And and seeing everything as it seemed, like you said, Sandra, seeing God in everything without any lines or borders or differentiation or distinctions. God's in all of it, and, and it's simplified its oneness and its wholeness, and it's all just being met through the open mind and open-heartedness of Jude. Unconditional acceptance, meeting, meeting and dancing with everything exactly as it is here and now. You know, that, that um, happiness and, and, and is, is the result, the outcome of being one with everything, being at peace with everything. And the line that um, God gave you and your happiness but that they are actually identical, that they're identical because they are my identity. Formless happiness, formless loving, looking through love's eyes to see love as itself. The formlessness, the formlessness of that is what my identity with the capital I is. It takes no shape or image or ideas or concepts as its own. And, and, and it's, it, it lets everything be exactly as it is. It truly is loving, loving and accepting. This is the way I must perceive God's creation, bringing all my perceptions into the way the Holy Spirit sees it, seeing every only what is true, only what is perfect. Nothing needs to be changed, rejected, excluded. Oh, this is big stuff, kids. We each are the light. We each are the projector of the great projection of the world, of our bodies. Our bodies are projections from our mind our one mind. Everything that we perceive is a projection in the one mind of God, that we are the light prior to the thought, even prior to the image making. It's, it's <laughs> the magnitude and the glory of, of us seeing ourselves as everything. I am in all as all, being the creator of all, joined as being one being with God, my Father, the creator. Huge stuff, huge stuff. Thank you, I'm complete. Oh, sweet one, Judy. Thank Thank you, you, Judy. Oh, so good. Thank you, thank you all for your shares. I've been watching a rainbow, Mm. so I've been preoccupied with listening and this incredible rainbow that's stretching from one side of the ocean to the other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love you guys. Beautiful. Oh, and you're off to work. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thanks for sharing that. Mm. Thanks, everybody, for your shares. Mm. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Amen. Thank you for the light of your love. 
shining upon us. Thank you. Uh, once again, this reading sets me clear for my day, gives me a, a, a good um, anchor, and uh, helps me to see everybody that I work with and every little child that I teach um, as in the mind of Christ. And so I'm so thankful this was just a very impactful reading, and I will go over it during the day as I have time and read it all again because it's really, I, I have a purple underlining, and I've underlined almost every sentence in here. So thank you so much. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank um, you. Here's a prayer that it lifts you up all day long. Um, as I'm sure it will. Thank you, dear. Amen for everybody. Let's all do that. That's so great. Thanks, Lori. Yes. (laughs) You bet. This, hi guys, this is Lori. And um, first of all, let me say um, that I love this lesson, and I very distinctly remember a time when I thought happiness was something I had to generate on my own. And I'm so so grateful for the gift of Holy Spirit. And. Um, and, you know, the way the Holy Spirit teaches is always by contrast. It's always by contrast. And um, I know very well what unhappiness is. And I had to learn what happiness is because I had an altogether incorrect definition of what I thought would make me happy. Um and the reason I love this lesson is the same reason I love every lesson in this workbook. Um, I learned a new word this weekend. And the word is amnesis. A-M-N-E-S-I-S. And it means, it's not just, you know, uh, an ontologic word. It's, it's a word with real meaning that can be experienced. And it's called living memory amnesis, living memory. And every lesson in the workbook um, has the potential, has a key within it that will give me a living memory of the truth. 
And this lesson is so like that. If I can open my heart mind to discover the truth about myself, the Holy Spirit looks in and sees nothing but your perfection. And then he looks out and sees it everywhere. There is no conflict in this perception. He says, I was so confused about in and out. I sometimes felt like I didn't know up from down. Um, this sack of skin that I thought contained my essence uh, had me really confused about in and out. But, um, Charles, I'm so glad you described how that felt to you, that journey in and journey out. And it's for our discovery of living memory that the lesson invites me to look in and then look out and arrive at a living memory of the truth. God placed my happiness in me. If it's there and God placed it there, if I'm not happy, I'm denying it. You remember back in chapter 4 where he talked about um, vigilance and, and he said, um, whenever you're not happy, in fact, whenever you're not joyous, whenever you're not joyous, you have thought wrongly about some soul God created. And Sandra, I was so grateful when you said, um, I have to forgive myself, which is accept the atonement for myself. I have to forgive myself because I thought wrongly about myself. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to restore the knowledge of the miracle that is me to my full awareness. And that's such a happy knowing that it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, um, I've heard people describe it as laughing and crying and jumping around and not being able to contain it. And um, that's what Holy Spirit wants to return to my awareness when I accept atonement for myself. That ridiculous happiness that is the opposite of everything I thought about myself. So I said, mm. accepting atonement for myself is to, is to forgive myself, to realize that God shines in my mind and my mind shines back. That's my right mind. That's the awareness of the Holy Spirit. That's the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to restore that knowledge of my perfection to my own mind. And in so doing, I realized I was wrong about everything. The happiness is inherent. I don't have to come up with it. It's the knowledge, uh, it's the awareness of the abundance of creation. The absolute totality uh, and abundance that is the mind of God. And that same mind shines in my own, my right mind. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to return to my awareness. Yesterday, I was doing uh, the lesson. Um, my function, my only function, is the one God gave me. And in, in that lesson, He invited us to to open a clean slate and let that function be written. Remember, 
and I suspect that everyone had an experience and amnesis, a living memory of God in the doing of that lesson. But it was to my surprise yesterday that the living memory I had um, in that lesson on that clean slate was this moment, this place, this time, right now, is exactly perfect. And to the ego, that's ridiculous because ego thinks it's a doer. You know, it's a striver. It has to do, do, do. It has to achieve, achieve, achieve. It's so easy for ego to um, make separation, belief separation, belief um, that you can believe with God only if it's out there sometime in the future. That line, because you don't want it now, ask for it now. That's what I mean by living memory, amnesis. And for me, that's what happens every time I say I don't know. Because the ego, the ego wants me to believe that it knows everything and it is my safety and it will keep me safe by making everything seem outside of me, outside of this sack of skin. But the truth is, you know, remember a few months ago we read, what is creation? What is creation? The sum of all God's capital T thoughts united forever. That's the awareness Holy Spirit wants to give me. And he wants to give it to me now. My declaration of I don't know is that clean slate. Every time, what is the truth of this? I want it. I want that truth. And if I'm not at peace, I need it. Because the wholeness of the kingdom is peace. The wholeness of the kingdom is joy. And if I'm not joyous, I've thought wrongly about some soul God created. And it always starts with me. Sometimes that gets really tangly. You know, I've heard people say, well, I must be projecting because I'm not happy and I think I see it in my brother. That means it must be in me. Oh my God, what's in me? You know, that thing that that ego does uh, to make you think that it will show it to you. Um, and, and so, uh, here's something that happened the other day that I thought was just a really great illustration of how that works. Um, Kathy was watching a, a basketball game and there's a particular basketball player who's extremely good um, and she loves to watch her play but she said I just I can't understand why I don't like her I just don't like her must be something in me that I'm seeing in her that I don't like I wonder what it is she's so arrogant she said well here's the thing I wish she knew my Kathy like I did, but um, the last thing that Kathy would ever be is arrogant. She makes a great effort to be humble. And that tells me right there that arrogance is something she will not accept in herself. She's thinking that she might have it. So she makes, as an ego, every effort not to have it. And that's the way unconscious projection works. You know, it's not that you necessarily have it. It's something you're afraid you might have. It's something that you've worked very hard as an ego to keep under control. 
And because you work so hard to keep it under control, you think everybody should. And if they don't, or they seem like they don't, whoopsie-daisy, you've fallen into projection from your ego, and it doesn't feel good. It always comes from an attack of yourself first. There's something in me I don't like. That's why, that's why I forgive myself, accept the atonement for myself is the answer to all my problems. Because atonement says, I agree with God. That's all it is. I agree with God. I agree that everything that he says is a fact is a fact. I might, I might believe otherwise, as he says in paragraph 30, you are in God, a part of him forever. This is a fact. To deny this is to dissociate. And that's the split in my mind. See? That split is in my mind. So the restoration of the integrity of the mind, the healing of my mind, will change everything for me. It changes everything. And I have amnesis, a living memory of the truth. Every lesson will do that for me. Amen. When I find that key, and this is one of them, and this reading and this lesson are so uh, perfectly synchronized. Uh, how can we not love the mind that shows us the truth of our minds, you know? Um, Anyway, I, I think I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Can I add? Can I add, Lori, to it, your? Lori. Can I add to what you were saying there, Lori? Of course. Because I really, it really came strongly to me while you were sharing that, Lori, you are a living memory of home to me, and all those voices you share on this call our living memory of home. And when I look in and I really feel deep within me, I feel I'm at home. The world I look outside, I don't feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm lost at times. I feel like I'm confused or bewildered. It's only because my happiness was determined by looking outside for it coming here and feeling the love you have for the excitement, the thrill, the joy, how you revel in the love for what the Voice for Truth would share with you. It, it's, it just awakens in me that same voice, that same joy, that same revel deep within me. So I just wanted to honor you and your share and the shares of all those on this call. And to know that, that that voice will be felt during your day with all that you come across with and the joy of the home you feel that you share with each one you meet. Oh, I thank God for you. I truly do. With that, I'm complete. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, beautiful. Charles. Wow, you. that was a great, Charles. Good morning, it's Karen. 
Oh, Lori, I want to thank you. Um, there was a person that I have noticed I've had an ongoing um, aversion to. And when you were explaining about Kathy and the basketball player, it's exactly that. And I kept looking and looking and looking at for the reason I have this aversion. And I just, it, nothing I came up with or nothing I, you know, mm. tried to try on, um, nothing I tried on felt like a good fit. Um, so, Lori, I was, I was just really grateful for that um, happiness and my function are one. Um, when I was doing this meditation earlier this morning, um, when I was doing this meditation earlier this morning, I, I felt like um, receiving God, receiving God's um, my source, receiving the love, which is my source, receiving that and extending that is my function. You know, it can be in the form of releasing the blocks and the distortions and the illusions, but as forgiveness, or it can be just remembering to come into this place of emptiness, which which receives the divine and the Holy Spirit and, and having the intention to flow that out. And I keep thinking, love is my source. Love is my source. I receive love. And I feel so grateful for receiving the love that I love God back. And we love God back by loving God in everything without exclusion because the Course is teaching us that God is everywhere in everything. It's not like loving God in the form of a master or, you know, just Jesus or a guru or, you know, it's not that. It's really loving God by, by extending love to everything at, at all of the time. Um, of course, for me right now, I mean, that's really experiential mostly in the meditation place as opposed to, you know, when my eyes are open and my mind is going and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the thinking ego mind is, is distracting me or, um, you know, just making noise and commenting on things. <laughs> you know, that's not it. But um, the reading that we went through in the text today was also turning us toward remembering everything is projection. And um, I don't know where in the text it changes the word from projection to extension, or maybe it was in one of the other text editions, rather. But um, I, didn't, I didn't know that the Holy Spirit used projection as extension until last year when Lee explained it. But um, that's the whole, the whole thing. That's the whole, it seems like the whole course can be summed up to that. Receiving and trusting that only the truth is true and only what the course is telling me is true is my oneness with God and receiving that and, and receiving it and becoming more and more and more open to that truth. And then letting that truth extend through me as a blessing to the world. And yesterday you were talking a lot about sacrifice versus blessings. And that is the blessing. The blessing is to let go of all that ego separation and just receive from God and extend or 
is the Course said today, using that word projection. And that yesterday we were, we were reminded of the one voice, the one voice of the Holy Spirit, which is just another way of what the Course was talking about today as the convergence with the mind of the Holy Spirit and that perfect alignment with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I love that we don't have to strive. And I love that we don't have to seek. You know, the Course of Love sort of um, identified the difference between a seeker and a person who's, who's living in the beingness of this teaching. The seeker just keeps seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking, but that's not what we're, we're told to do. We're, we're here now. It's full now. We receive now. We extend now. Every moment in the present moment, in the holy instant, we can actualize what this Course is teaching us. There's no waiting, and there's no striving to get somewhere. There's no striving to become something else. We are already it. And I, you know, sometimes I do these meditation, um, deep meditation classes with these very, 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 very um, hardcore meditative uh, community, and I may not feel it. But that's okay because when I'm meditating with them, I might be feeling all the things that are still blocking, but I trust and know that that's what I really am and that anything that I'm, that I'm experiencing that isn't that is just being purified. It's not like I have to go anywhere and get anything. It's not that I have to become anything. It's that I have to undo or allow the Holy Spirit to undo what's blocking my awareness to love's presence. So anyway, I talked a long time, and I'm sorry, but um, thank you very much. And once again, Lori, thank you for helping me understand more deeply. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank wow. you. You yeah. touched so many people. Wow wow wow, 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 wow. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Wow. Thanks, Karen. Nothing there to apologize for. Nothing whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> I had some ongoing deep resonance with what you were sharing, Karen. <laughs> it, you know those goosebumps you get sometimes when you just resonate so deeply? Um, it was delightful to hear you. Thank you very much. I echo that as well. Thank you. What could be a greater happiness than to feel the God, our oneness with God? I'm complete. Absolutely right. You know, one of my favorite sayings from Moji is that uh, duality is not a mistake. And, and thinking deeply about that, I think like this, 
the Father created the Son that the Father might be happy. Love is love because it's shared the same thing with holiness. I must have an object of my love. And that's why God put himself everywhere so that I'd recognize my completion here and now. Um, that's why after all those years that I thought I was suffering, the simple instruction, find your people was my cure. We are each other's cure. And that's so beautiful that wholeness can be appreciated and experienced now. And even in a body, um, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to recognize how deeply and thoroughly we belong and love each other. Um, in spite of all our differences, in spite of our different gifts, the essence of the gift we have for each other is love and it was given to us in our creation. And I don't feel one bit bad that I have a body with which to experience it because living is joy and I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. This is Charles here again. I've been on various different calls, Zoom calls and so forth, and to really feel this awareness growing, this inner realization coming to fruition, the various communities. I'm really uh, heartened by the overwhelming uh, realization that people are coming to, the various groups. And I'm looking for that melting pot to share in together with that I would love to go out and experience the various different ways people come to the same truth, to the same oneness. As much as I find it here, it truly is a joy, truly, truly a joy. And I'm learning to look for, I would say, realize as a common uh, joy that we share with all those we walk this planet with. Because to look outside and no longer recognize home is to realize home's not outside of us. And to realize that everyone carries home within them, to me, that's a miracle. And to discover that in all that I meet, that's a miracle. So I'm exploring that for myself. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. That doing the workbook has really, I mean, really faithfully doing the workbook and perhaps also, of course, reading the text through, you know, so many times. And it's really like we open and open and open to home. We open to home by doing this. 
Course in Miracles by doing these calls. I'm complete. Oh, beautiful. Indeed. Thank you, dear one. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your dedication and devotion. Good afternoon. No, good morning here. This is Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi. Good morning, Steve. Uh, I've been in and out shopping and listening on my drive to the shopping area. Anyway, what occurs to me is we understand that an idea is strengthened when it's shared. And these Zoom calls and the technology of 2023 allows each one of us to put into words our experience. And when I talk about what I'm experiencing, it's like I'm giving it, uh, I'm bringing it into truth. It's physicality as well as mentality. And so those of us who are sharing, the greatest gift is for us that are doing the sharing. I've always felt like when I go to seminars and there's a leader, that the one that's teaching is the one that's benefiting so much because they are putting it into their own words through them, expressing it to others. And it's also really, it's also really sweet when I hear people going, thank you for your share, and I'm getting another call and I'm complete. Thank you. Love you, Steve. Thank, Thank you. you, Steve. Glad you popped in. You bet. Sharing is mm-hmm. sharing is um, akin to giving and receiving. That's the I, truth. I think Steve. I think Steve's giving away your secret, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> that's the your best thing I ever is- did for my mind. That's for sure. <laughs> Your passion is being revealed. (laughs) I love it. That's one of my favorite quotes from A Course of Love. The world does not keep you separate. You keep yourself separate from the world. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well... We're getting close to the end of our recorded time. I wonder if there's any final shares. Anyone we haven't heard from this morning? This is Lemoyne. I could say, I think it's tomorrow, more tomorrow on having is being, teaching is, mm. teaching is learning. Teaching is yeah. being, learning is being. Mm. Thank you, That's it. Yes. I'm back. I see. <laughs> Teaching is learning. Yeah, but... <laughs> Thank you, Steve.
Any more you wanted to say about that, Lemoyne? I don't mind giving away tomorrow's secrets. No, that's actually it. If I'm I'm not off with what I was looking at there, it's pretty short. (laughs) I think, uh, you know, what I do want to say is, uh, you know, about projection and extension, that, uh, you know, we can't help it, that the mind extends naturally. We're created by extension and that the mind extends naturally as as a function of its living. (laughs) That's all. And uh, so, you know, projection itself is, it's like perception. It, It can be aligned <laughs> and it's fine it's as a as an action it's just a question of what is projected is it separation or unity that's all complete beautiful thank yes. you thank you thank you and we are a little um, because of the way he he describes the ego's projection there's this little bit of tightness that arises when I when I think that perception is projection oh my goodness Um, but he goes on to say and we'll get to this a little bit later that projection is a law of mind uh, everyone projects he says this is how it lives projection is how I live my choice you're exactly correct and he says it in paragraph 29 my choice is what do I want to project the truth or some version of um, my false self something I've rejected um, and that's where the rubber meets the road you might say when I learn to project with Holy Spirit and project the truth, I have restored the integrity of my mind, which is um, the way this chapter begins. <laughs> so um, anyway, to close this recording, I thought uh, that this is a perfect place. It's in chapter 16 in the section, The Magnitude of Holiness the magnitude of holiness he says reality is safe and sure and holy kind to everyone and everything there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad for love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness you've never given any problem to the Holy Spirit he has not solved for you nor will you ever do so and you've never tried to solve anything yourself and been successful is it not time you brought these facts together and made sense of them they've already proved their power sufficiently for you to place your faith in them and not in their denial this year invest in truth and let it work in peace have faith in what has faith in you 
Think what you've really seen and heard and recognize it. Can you be alone with witnesses like these? He placed himself everywhere. So thank you everyone uh, and everyone who listens later. Thank you everyone who ever joins and doesn't say a word because this is how we achieve the holiness that we share together in our awareness. I thank you all. Oh, for the thank you, Lord. That you are. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks friends. Thanks, Lord. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks, everybody. I have to uh, rush Thank off. You. Guys. Are you starting uh, recording, recording again? Well, again. Hear something. <laughs> when I plus, press the record button to end the recording, I did not hear. I heard the sessions being recorded. <laughs> yeah, I think you it got pressed twice. Oh.